welcome to another Round the Rotary podcast with me, your host, J.P. Warren. And before we get get, get this kicked off, i got to say that Round the Rotary podcast is brought to you by Capital Petroleum Consultants. CPC specializes in project engineering and well site supervision in all disciplines of the oil and gas industry. Contact us through www.capitalpetroleumconsultants.com to see what CPC can do for you today. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in uh, on this podcast. And uh, this is kind of a different podcast we're doing today. Uh, with us in the uh, in the studio, we have Thomas B. Slocum Jr. is his professional name, or if, as as everyone out there that knows him uh, in the oil field, it's TJ. So uh, um, usually we kind of talk about kind of, uh, uh, I guess, you know, backgrounds, uh, you know, what's going on in the oil field, what you think's going on, what's going to happen, what are your interests. But I think you kind of, I'm glad you came on today, uh, TJ, because you, uh, what you're focused on right now, and I guess a hot topic in your world today lately is orphaned wells. That's correct. Yeah, we, uh, we've we kind of stumbled upon a problem over the years. Uh, I kind of walked into it while I was working for an operator in Pecos County. We had one right next to our lease. Well, and, well, well, let's, yeah. well, the thing, the thing about this though, like I, I think this is, I mean, you and I've had many conversations uh, before in the past and I think you met with, you know, Chris and Tara and we discussed this and all yeah. that. There's so much information that you have and there's so much, I guess, cause you've been, I guess, covered up in the, uh, the, the subject of orphan wells for, uh, I guess it sounds to me like the beginning of your career. Yeah. But, um, so I kind of want to talk about kind of like, I guess going through this, lining this out, kind of like what's the issue? What, right. how we got here today? You know, what's the scope of it? Um, you know, what's a, you know, not only that, but you know, currently today, you know, what are you doing about it? Um, what can people do about it? And what can we as an industry do about it? And uh, I'd like to kind of have this kind of as an introductory towards, I guess, a, an industry, uh, not just an industry problem, but it seems like it's a problem, you know, uh, worldwide. I guess you, you said it started. You'll get into that later. But anyway, um, so I kind of want this to kind of be an, an informative uh, podcast and kind of get your viewpoints and your background and your expertise or uh real quick uh this is again everyone this is thomas b slocum jr that's how you can find him on linkedin uh plug and abandonment expert nonprofit founder and a filmmaker i think uh, all this ties into your your little the, your, little, your there, little focus there's is, a uh, connection there you can probably connect the dots well why don't you get this uh kicked off because uh, i think this is a pretty interesting topic i think uh, as we want to we want to discuss today so Kind of give us, a, I guess, an a elevator ride up background about yourself and kind of how you, uh, w- what's going on right now. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm fourth generation oil and gas. Um, my fourth? Fourth, yeah. My, my great uncle Joe used to pump cement with Earl P. Halliburton back in the 30s. Wow. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. I, all yeah. right. I'm not sure how many fourth generations we've had on this show, but yeah. well, welcome. I, you know, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's really anything to be too proud about, but it's uh it's it is what it is and he he hired his uh nephew back uh, when he came back from World War II my grandfather and then uh, my grandfather worked for Halliburton for a while uh retired twice and uh while he was there he hired my father his son-in-law all right and uh back in the 60s and and my father was there up until about 1998 so uh and uh he was actually part of one of the first little PNA decommissioning groups at Halliburton they had it for about two or three years oh, so PNA then, just runs through your blood well it does yeah and I can't run away from it I wanted to be an attorney uh I didn't want to uh work offshore and do uh you know pumping cement um uh, to be honest with you but this is what I ended up doing and I actually uh do really well 
And uh, I got talked out of uh, going to law school by a bunch of attorneys. Uh, they were way smarter than me. <laughs> you know, it's probably the right move. But uh, now uh, this is where I'm at, and uh, this problem kind of started percolating, and and now um, we've got something that is is needing some attention. And uh, so, who better to kind of bring it to light than me? I guess. Um, and uh, so I'm, 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 that's what I'm here for. So, so, so talk to us. So what? So what's going on right now? So actually, it's not even right now because this is the problem that's been, I guess, accumulating and slowly kind of gathering very weight. Very slowly gathering weight over time. And mechanical degradation is a very slow process. And, right. And uh, so it's not something that just all of a sudden you wake up one day, oh, my God, what happened? It's, uh, it's something that, that accumulates and uh, but when you do reach a certain point, you do have a oh my god situation, right. which which is I, I, from everything I'm seeing right now and the chatter you're seeing on LinkedIn and news and all that stuff. It kind of sounds we're kind of getting to that oh shit point. You, you do. You got some stuff going on, and uh, I I to be honest with you, you know, uh, plugging wells doesn't really pay big money, right? And so it's not. It hasn't been something that I've chased. Uh, I've, I've been working for operators doing other. Uh, work, but so how did you land? How did you find this? I guess calling uh, right? from your from your previous yeah, uh, it, previous career. I, yeah, so uh, I went. I was operating back here uh, down the street in Ozona, as opposed to being out in Fort Stockton. And uh, the um, groundwater authority called me. The manager over there, he's a really nice guy, Ty Edwards, and he told me, "Hey, man, um, we've got an issue over here. If you can help me out." Uh, come take a look at it. You know, we'd appreciate to get your expert opinion on it. And so I, I called my bosses and told them about it. And they said, oh, yeah, get out there. And so I rolled on out there. And Did you have any idea where you were going to go see? I, I had a small idea um, because he told me that there was a highway that was sinking into the ground next to an orphaned well. Okay. So you, there's only a, a couple of ways you end up with that. And uh, at the rate that crater was forming, we had already both determined over the phone that it was likely an underground blowout. Okay. And uh, so I, I went out there to document everything, and sure enough. How old were you when you went out there? Uh, well, that was, I don't know, three years ago. So I was oh, 30. Is, okay. Yeah, so I was, so I was 35. So this is something now. that's kind of recently yeah. kind of filled yeah, your this plate is, up. This is something that came along three years ago, and... Uh, so what I did is I said, well, well how, you know, how do we get this situation solved? And he said, well, you know, legally the railroad commission, if you, they only do what the law says. And I said, well, I can see that. And, uh, so I, and what's, what, what's I examined the law and, you know, the law was passed in the late eighties. And, uh, that law says that you can only use funds from that orphaned well fund, the cleanup fund that we have in the state, uh, for wells that are technically oil and gas wells. And that this well was in fact a water well legally because it had been converted to a, a water well back in the 40s. Okay. And uh, when you do that, the operator that owns it legally plugs it back using cement regulations and technology at the time, and uh, the Railroad Commission witnesses it, and the landowner takes over. And so uh, the landowner takes over, the well uses it for water for 14, 15 years or so, and then all of a sudden um, the water gets salty and the valve rust open, which is, is unfortunate. Um, but it does happen in certain areas, depending on the geology. And um, the landowners don't always have the funds available to go fix the well, to fix the mechanical integrity problem. So a valve rusting open is the very first mechanical integrity problem you'll see with a well like that. 
but um, it, it gets so bad after a while because that water is salty. It's like sitting in the Gulf of Mexico. So you can imagine if you've worked offshore or seen any old pipe after a while, oh, you yeah. know you know what happens to it. it. Turns into Swiss cheese. Yeah, these wells they don't have anything on them. They're literally holes in the ground. So you so you go <laughs> out there, you go out there, you see what's going on, you examine right. the law. So right. So this is that one orphan well that's causing issues. With this the is this is one uh, next to the highway that is really causing issues and. Uh, there was an effort made by TxDOT to address it. They've spent $1.5 million on it trying to get it plugged and uh, unsuccessfully. Um, why TxDOT was doing it instead of working with a railroad commission who who knows what the plugging requirements are, right. um, I, I don't know. It sounds like that there's a lot of uh, bureaucracies in the state that don't work with each other, maybe. Really? You know, I mean, oh, surprise. That's, that's shocking. You, know, but, uh, that, you, you heard it here first and around the rotary. Right, right. So... So I guess what I'm asking is, so you go you go out there, you see this, and I guess how did it kind of gain uh, attention, focus, and I guess steam uh, with you personally? Yeah, so um, it's not something that I I necessarily just wanted to dive head into, right. but it's something that was really more like a thorn in my side um, because I look at it from a and a point of view thinking, good grief, you know, why on earth are we going to lose a billion-dollar highway? This is a, a, a crucial piece of infrastructure. If you go sit out on that road, you'd be surprised how much traffic rolls up and down. Frack trucks, right. ambulances, you name it. Right. Uh, if somebody has a medical emergency in Fort Stockton, they got to get to Midland. That's the road you take. Okay. And so, I mean, if you, you know, God forbid you had a serious problem in Fort Stockton and that road was taken out, man, you know, that's, that's another 30 or 45 minutes to go out of your way just to get to Midland. Uh, this is a vital piece of infrastructure that the state's going to lose if uh, something's not done and something's so you, not done. Quickly. So you're seeing the problem. You're seeing the potential issue, right? Right. Okay. Right. And so uh, I started talking to lawmakers, and uh, it wasn't uh, a great conversation with any of them. Uh, a couple of them just walked out of the room. <laughs> well, what made you? What actually made you take that step to to, to speak to lawmakers about that? How I mean, how I did you take see, that initiative? Yeah, I needed to see if there was any kind of funding out there at the state level at all, and then uh, talk to them about maybe possibly getting federal funding for okay. this if there if there wasn't any state funding. And uh, so the the state officials in Texas um, on on. Just about all, all the way around, everybody I talked to, regardless of the party, pretty much told me that there's no money for any of this, and it's, it's just never going to happen. And uh, it's, it's too bad that that's what the response I got was. And, and you know, I had talked to the groundwater manager, and he said, yeah, you know, that's the same story I got, basically. What response were you looking for? We were looking for, okay, maybe that we can address this on a state level somehow, or if we don't have the funds for it, then we will attempt to do something at the federal level because none of that. yeah and so nobody you know people in texas the last thing they want to do is show their underbelly and talk about a problem usually and especially in an election year you know unfortunately you know you got all the politics going along but there's just kind of a lack of ownership about the situation and, and you know in reality you know what should really happen all these landowners have the responsibility to plug them right well okay. You know, these landowners, man, you know, most of them, <laughs> they're, they're trying to rub two nickels together right now, you know, and just trying to survive, especially right, right now at this given moment. But um, in general, it's pretty rough out there. And, uh, you know, our attorney general or any attorney general in the state of Texas, for that matter, I'd be first to find any of them that would show up and go sue a landowner 
some country boy out there for his shotgun, his rifle, and his four-wheel drive. Because, as you know, a country boy cannot survive, right? Without Amen. That. Amen. You said it, brother. Okay. So, you know, it's just, it doesn't make for good politics um, to try to force landowners to address something that they cannot afford. You know, there's just absolutely no money for it. The landowners do not have it. Um, the state of Texas does not have money appropriated for it, and they're not about to go dig into any funds that they have laying around or uh, try to really appropriate any of the royalties that we use from oil and gas, which, you know, if Wayne Christian was quoted in the Dallas paper the other day saying that uh, oil and gas has produced over $100 billion between 2010 and 2019 in royalties in the state of Texas. So we make a lot of royalties for the state of Texas. Right. But the state of Texas uses those to do all kinds of other stuff. Um, they don't use them for anything oil and gas related when it comes to decommissioning. That's for certain. So you go, you see this, you uh, you see this uh, this highway. Right. All right. Okay. There, there must be some funds in there. So you yeah. meet with lawmakers, you meet with, you know, officials, government officials trying to find out. And it turns out it's kind of a dead end for you. It is. It is. And, and that was a sad story. And uh so uh, there is one official that I'll give a little bit of credit to for helping me guide guide my way through this, and that would be uh, Senator Ted Cruz, actually. Okay. And uh, and his staff staff over there, uh, they're actually been helping me out with this issue, uh, and we're we're working with some other senators as well. And uh, well, let's. Right. I think that's 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 more to later. Yeah. I think that's. I think you're. I. I mean, I think there's a lot to there cover is. here, and that's, and, and that's great. So, so you're meeting with these people, and uh, you're not getting any response that you need. So, yeah, it was unfortunate. It was sad, but this also is kind of the catalyst, to kind of, to propel to you to where you're at today, right. over those three years. So, tell us kind of where you just started, kind of just, you know, rolling the sleeves up and just started identifying what's going on and what the problem is. Right. So. Um, uh, back when Corona hit and <laughs> everybody had no work for two months, right? Everybody remembers that. Um, it was just, yeah. Cause things have picked up tremendously since. Yeah. Then. Yeah. It really is. We're, we're balls on the fire now. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it just all kind of hit me and, uh, I was actually talking to somebody on the phone in Austin, um, that does, uh, outdoor remodeling actually. Right. And I told him about this and he said, Hey, what are you doing? You know, you need to go address this issue. Just, Drop everything what you're doing and just go, just go do it. Okay. And I was like, you know what, you're right. And so uh, that's, that's kind like, of an interesting, cool right. conversation to have. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just kind of, uh, just kind of all hit me like a like an eighteen wheeler essentially. And uh, so I started digging into this and started uh, doing all the research I could. And I found out there was a professor that was actually going to be testifying on the floor of Congress in June about this uh, guy named Daniel Rimey. A professor. A professor, yeah, um, with a think tank from D.C. Um, I don't know if he's ever spent a day working in oil and gas. I would guess probably not. But, you know, they they had their data that they put out there, and they said, you know, there's an issue here. Um, You know, and and so So I think they probably kind of— My my question is, for for the listeners, what is the issue? What is is the problem? So the grand issue is is that we do have a situation where we do have numerous orphaned wells— that uh, they could be oil gas wells, they could be a water well, but there's not enough funding there to get them taken care of uh, to where they're producing uh, liability issues for the state. 
and they're producing dangerous situations that come in all kinds of various forms. But okay. this isn't just a Texas issue. It exists in Oklahoma. It exists in New Mexico and Louisiana. You have it everywhere okay. uh, in the bayous. And uh, there's a lot of remediation that goes along with that. It's extremely expensive to get uh, dredging permits for the Corps of Engineers. Um, you wouldn't believe it. So the the amount of liability that surrounds a lot of this is, is gargantuan. And uh, we, we have now all these oil and gas people out of work. Hundreds right. of thousands uh, out of work. And so I'm, I'm looking at an obvious problem and an obvious solution here, right, to the problem. Uh, we have all these unemployed people. We have all these wells that need attention. And we need to use this time period right now to do a bunch of COVID-friendly work, right. COVID-19-friendly work. You can be outside. You don't have to worry about contracting a virus, more or less, um, because of your work situation. It can all be done safe. We could start on it right now. And uh, why so, aren't, why why aren't we? Well, we are actually. So what what I did is we went out and we founded a uh, organization which we're going to get hopefully five hundred one c three status here eventually. It's called the Texas Well Protected Energy Foundation, and you can go to twpef dot org, and you can find out more there. Um, we're just now getting the website built. And for those of you that are listening, we're gonna we're gonna put a link to that uh, once we uh, once we uh, publish this episode. So if uh, if you have time, if you listen to this, you can just go to the LinkedIn or wherever this is posted, and there'll be a, a link to this website. Correct. So I'm sorry, I just interrupted. No, you that's on. all right. Uh, so you'll be able to go there and check out what we're all about, and we are definitely about. Um, fixing this problem from an industry perspective. Uh, we've got a lot of help here. Uh, the first thing I did is, is picked up the phone and started calling my competitors. And I said, hey, you know, there's an issue here. Are you interested in, in helping us address it? And you'd be surprised at the response we got. Everybody was like, yes, yes, you know, we do. We actually understand what the issue is here. Um, it is a little complex. And so it does take a little bit of understanding to really understand the law and the history and how Congress works and, and where money is. And But there is um, a, a way to solve this problem um, by using uh, donations through a 501c3. And so uh, I'm not the first person to do this. There's an organization in Montana called the Well Done Foundation. And uh, so I immediately actually Googled this and found out, okay, well, there's one guy in Montana. Great. And I believe there's a gentleman in Oklahoma as well um, that has his own organization. And so there are people out there besides me, and these people actually aren't even from oil and gas, but they see the issue and they've recognized that there is a way to solve it as well. So they're working on it in their respective states. And one, and some of the issues are, are with this. I mean, just to just so under, people understand, it's not just an infrastructure issue where it can collapse a highway or or potentially leak uh, methane or whatever it is. I mean, what are what are the issues on why why this is so important? Right. So, um, you know, besides uh, causing major infrastructure problems, uh, the, the emissions themselves um, can be an issue. The, the biggest emission that we see uh, coming from orphaned wells isn't uh, necessarily gas, like some people have uh, proposed. Uh, the, the biggest emission that we see is actually um, very dirty brine water that has all kinds of different stuff in it right. when you measure it. And so... The fluid coming out of the holes um, 
you know, it, it, what it does is it tears up the casing and then you have communication across all your zones. Okay. Okay. And so that's just no bueno. And, all right. and so that's, that's the biggest problem that you're going to run into in the situation. That's not every orphaned well out there. People need to understand that. That's only wells that have experienced extreme mechanical degradation. But when you get extreme mechanical degradation, you're going to have to do stuff like drill, drill relief wells, right. which is very expensive. If you want to start talking about drilling three relief wells, writing an AFE for that with the bottom hole assembly you need, et cetera, it turns into millions and millions and millions of dollars. Whereas maybe 10 years prior to that, you could have went out and spent twenty-five dollars or $50,000 and plugged the well. So there's okay. there's a situation here where it goes from being well that well is only a fifty thousand dollar PNA well yeah right now it is you do nothing for about ten or fifteen years hey man that might be a, a three or four or five million dollar PNA just so, goes to the roof so we got yeah we, we, so right yeah. now we're sitting here we we got the people we got the opportunity to we save got the money we got the talent right. exactly so you spend a little bit now to save save the a whole lot so we have the talent. We have the issue, and so I guess the main problem or the main challenge that, that uh, uh, people are facing is getting the funds. Right, exactly. And it this is. is kind of what you're, you're, you've been kind of uh, That's exactly right. You know, okay. That's exactly right. So, you know, I consulted with a lot of uh, people here in the Houston area, uh, leaders from the community, and they uh, told me, you know, Tom, you know, starting a 501c3 is really a great idea, and, you know, you, we think that that would be really – uh, the best way to address this in Texas and bring attention to it, and so we're gonna we're gonna seek out to spend more than fifty percent of proceeds to this organization just to plug wells. But we are gonna use some of the proceeds to do something very unique, which nobody else does, and, and that is we are going to take data from operators um, anonymously uh, is the proposition, and uh, we'll be able to take their data in on our website on how much they spend every year plugging wells, how many wells they plug, and going back as many years as they want to give us. So collect all the data. We're going to collect all the data from the industry, and we want to show that the industry actually does plug a huge vast majority of the wells, I would say above 80% easily of, of the wells every year. And uh, that data is very important because there are people that out there say that, you know, the industry really isn't plugging any wells and we're just going to wind up with all of them somehow. You know, that that's nonsense. We look like a, a, a lazy group of campers who are just kind of, you know, leaving their shit, you know, at the campsite without cleaning up, making it better than – which is not true, but that's an easy – Yes. The, the fact of the matter is, is that we, we've drilled, you know, so many wells in Texas. I'm right. hundreds of thousands. Right. And uh, this started a long time ago. Uh, and so uh, the regulations a long time don't really represent the regulations we have now. And so we've got various mechanical integrity issues because of that. People don't realize, you know. Uh, before Earl P. Halliburton was around, there was a oil industry <laughs> before cement. You know, we, we drilled with mud, and, and what did we plug the wells with? Well, we, we plugged them with tree trunks in mud. <laughs> right. So you can imagine in Pennsylvania, where they've been doing it since the Civil War, uh, you know, it's it's a situation where you've got some well bores that might need attention. Yeah. They might need to be replugged. You know, and I know that's probably not the answer that people want to hear from somebody in in the industry, but this is just the truth, the yeah. fact of the matter. It's it's a, it's a hard truth that people it, need it, to hear. It's a hard truth that you know, if you've got um, gas or if you've got emissions coming from any of this stuff, you need to go ahead and address it be, before it becomes a bigger issue. You, you don't turn your head to it. 
you dive head forward to you run toward the fire. You know, uh, if you're if you're a firefighter, you run toward the fire. If you're a policeman, you run toward the gunshots. You know, so in, in our industry, when we see a problem, I want to be the leader there saying, you know what, we're going to run toward this problem and we're going to attack it. We'd rather handle it that in-house than have right. Washington That's dictate right. how oh we handle it. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, people are trying to do that in Texas right now with flaring, you know. And so it's uh, whenever they see a problem, uh, the first thing they do is they said they want to try to find a way to, you know, find oil and gas for it somehow. But what they never remember is that oil and gas pays for almost everything. Yeah. You know, all these royalties the federal government produces and the states produce, it funds everything. And I would argue it subsidizes a lot of this alternative energy as well. But, you know, that's kind of a different topic. So so how are you finding, I mean, so you start, you're, you're going about uh, starting this 503C. Is it, that's what's... Yes, and uh, so we we would like to uh, you know get it up and going as an official nonprofit organization. I mean, how how is that process for you? I guess oh, right. calling these people, meeting with these people, right. talk. I mean, is it yeah. kind of like banging your head against the wall? It sometimes is. it is. Sometimes it is. It's uh, it, it's what comes first. Uh, you know the um, the chicken or the eggs type of deal sometimes um, because just attaining 501c3 status, you know, you've got to have a huge uh, donor contribution to expedite that application. Uh, So the process of becoming a 501c3 isn't as easy as people think it is. Um, And it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge. So uh, it's, it's something that I've had to learn all about, but it's nothing that can't be done uh, with help from people here in the industry. And we are going to get it done. We are going to make this happen. So you, are you finding more of a uh, more traction, more momentum, uh, I guess, behind uh, what you're trying to do right now? Yes, I am. I am because it's becoming a big issue, especially in the media, but uh, especially with all the new, uh, you know, um, talks of was it ESG? Or, yeah, ESG is huge right now. Yeah, it's all of a sudden like, what's ESG? <laughs> well, I, was, I just had Tommy uh, uh, Bayless here um, from um, uh, Next here, and uh, he was saying in the beginning of uh, uh, you know in February, January, February, there's this ESG slide, and he's like, okay, that's great, but now he's saying that is kind of driving businesses. It's, right. it's of huge focus right now. Yeah. Yeah, we we want to show people that, you know, if you want to make a big impact and really change the environment, if you want a real, you know, Green New Deal, yeah. this, this is the real deal. Actually doing <laughs> if, something if about it. If you actually really want to go do something about it, here's your opportunity to really go plug a well so that what, will clean the environment. So for your, with the 501c3, the, the Texas Well uh, Protected Energy uh, Foundation, what is y'all's, I guess, uh, uh, main objective or main, main goal? Yeah, our our main goal is is definitely to plug as many wells as we can and educate people about the truth of the matter about well plug and abandonment. Well, how are you educating people? And so, yeah. Besides doing podcasts like this. Yeah, besides doing podcasts like this and media appearances, uh, we're going to plan on doing some big fundraisers, some big events here in the Houston area, um, perhaps one out in, uh, in Austin as well. Uh, and you know, maybe when, when we're allowed to, by the government, we'll have a golf tournament, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but we're, we're working on, on planning some big events where the industry can come and rally around this and say, Hey, you know, well, we care about our own industry. Yeah. You know, not only do we care about employing our own people, but we care about our own industry. And so we're out there to show people, look, we do care. All right. So that is one of our big goals here is to show that our industry isn't just going to let issues like this consume, um, 
you know, some kind of false narrative that someone wants to push out there for some political reason. You know, we're, we're going to go actually tackle this like the awesome industry that we are. Yeah. And uh, the people that work in this industry, as you know, um, don't shy away from anything. Usually. No, they can they can figure stuff out. Yeah. Usually. So where you I mean, besides donations, I mean, where, where else are you trying to get, uh, I guess, uh, funds uh, from? Well, um, you know, besides just having little small events, there's going to be um, some uh, opportunities out there probably to to work with some people that are doing some extracurricular filmmaking on the side. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully those projects will turn into big uh, money-making ventures and we can get some money from, from that project as well. But there is a, a documentary being filmed about Orphaned Wells and uh, that, that will be coming out here. And uh, it's the f- world's first documentary and it's going to examine the subject um, and it's going to be a, a lot of professional engineers talking about it. And so, um, but people have to keep in mind here that the, 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 you know, we don't know the scope of the problem, number one. Um, we don't, so anybody. So, throwing, we don't, so the scope of the problem, you talk about, we don't know how many orphan wells there are. We don't know how much money is going to cost to pl- right. plug set. So there's, there's a, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. There's a lot of unknowns, but we do know that the problem is big enough that it needs to be addressed immediately. And that this problem doesn't get any smaller. It only gets bigger. And so, um, you know, those are two knowns, right? Okay. And so you can argue about how big of a problem is and how much money we need. But, you know, that, (laughs) and you can leave that up to the politicians on how they want to pay for it. Uh, But it, it is something that has to be addressed. So if we can go out and plug wells and in the process we can, you know, show people this is how you plug a well. This is how you plug a well that's really bad. This is how you plug a well that's really, really bad. And uh, this is this is how often these scenarios happen. Uh, maybe this this really bad scenario only happens you know once in a blue moon. Right. And here's the real data to back that up. Can, right? can you show actual da- like data between like um, I guess like if you didn't plug this, the potential uh, cost, um, whether that's environmental or, mo- or monetary uh, cost to the county right. or whatever. You, you can, and that would have to be on a well-by-well basis because they're all located in different areas, uh, and some of them are really close to a highway or really close to expensive infrastructure. Some of them aren't. And so, um, you know, when we look at wells that need to be plugged to our organization, we're going to try to find ones that pose the biggest liability that are the easiest to plug. Uh, and and see if we can get those out of the way, um, you know. Kind of get the low hanging fruit. Yeah, though, just because you know it costs a lot of money to plug a well. Let's let's face it. You know, it may cost twenty five, fifty thousand dollars to plug a one right. well. So we're gonna have to raise some serious money here. And uh, the guys in in Montana and Oklahoma are faced with the same situation. Um, but we we do feel that even if we're only plugging four or five wells a year, well, that's four or five wells that the state of Texas doesn't have to plug now. You know. So that's that's taxpayer money that we're saving here. Yeah. If we can simply go out there and help address this issue and uh, hopefully the people in Austin at the Railroad Commission would really appreciate the work that we're doing here and uh, want to be a part of the solution. Where do they come into play? Well, you know, they they're they're hung up by the law and uh God. Congress, you God know, I mean, it's kind of it's dang law, you know, it's kind of like the whole Supreme Court thing, you know, it's just it's what the wall is. <laughs> it's, it's fortunately, you know, it is what it is. And so the Railroad Commission can't sit here and reinterpret um, something that was passed and say, oh, well, yeah, this is for water wells, too. So I, I can't argue with that. Right. Um, I, I wish I, I could 
uh, get the message out to every state rep and every state senator and say, hey, y'all need to go pass a bill to address this and force the governor to sign it. Well, you know? common, look, <laughs> unfortunately, I maybe mean, they're all listening right now. I mean, they'll hear me out on that. <laughs> yeah, they, they probably. Are. But unfortunately, you know, common sense and law. I mean, there's there's always there's usually a disconnect. Right. You know, I mean, law is very all encompassing. It's not case by case basis. It's more of a and it, common sense usually fails uh, when it, it does. And on the guess on the and uncertainties and a lot of times these problem this problem I would say has has just been not in the limelight. So yeah. this has gone on for so long in the shadows. And the state does plug wells, you know. I'm, I'm not here to beat up on the railroad commission by any means, um, but they operate within the confines of the law and with the money that's given to them. You know, Christy Craddock given to them by, right, Christy, from right, given to them by Congress, by the governor, by the lieutenant governor, by the general uh, land office commissioner, I believe. Um, so there, there's some. Uh, numerous leaders in Austin that control the purse strings to how much the Royal Road Commission gets, and it doesn't matter how much Christy Craddock jumps up and down; they're not going to give her more than thirty million dollars a year. And, so, do, and does that and does that thirty million dollars or whatever amount it is does that strictly go uh, to uh, plug uh, PNA? That goes to clean up orphan well sites. So they spend it on um, plugging wells and doing environmental remediation work and cleaning up pipelines, anything that's, that's connected to it. And that's what our nonprofit will do as well. Um, we will, we'll clean up everything when we tackle a well site. Uh, so it's the money spent there, the railroad commission, and they do try to plug the wells and the water priority. Uh, I know the people that run the program there. I've actually bid it on some of the work about 12 years ago with a different company I worked on. But, you know, it's they, they do good work there, but they're only given so much money, right? And uh, the, the problem is, is a little bit more uh, bigger than, than what they're given. And uh, I, I don't see how the state of Texas can go on forever and not address this issue, especially with the ones that are water wells, because um, those have never been put on a list. So they just continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, right? So right now you're, you're <laughs> right now you're coming to the table. You're saying, uh, you know, we need your we need your help, right? Your commission, you know, we need more we need more funds. And right now you're, I mean, but they can only work with what they have. They can only work with what they have. What they can do is, is they can support our initiative as an uh, organization and help us, uh, you know. Uh, you know, attain 501c3 status with an endorsement, perhaps, or uh, just their support, um, you know, that would be wonderful. And knowing that uh, that they do work with work within the confines of the law, you know, like we said. And so I want a good working relationship with all of them. I, I love the people of the Railroad Commission. A lot of them know me over there. So you're and, kind of already, you're, you're having these conversations. Right. You're having these yeah. relationships. And, right? and yeah, the Railroad Commission, they've had fires there and records destroyed, you know, and the same things happen in Baton Rouge. I think they've had, you know, hurricanes or floods yeah. probably in Pennsylvania. They've had fires up there too, you know. it's uh, So you don't know where every well is, unfortunately. Right. And so, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've got to go back and look at this issue from 300,000 feet and look at the complete history going all the way back to when the first well was drilled, right, and, and figure out, you know, are, are these wells going to have mechanical integrity in the future? And if they aren't, then we should go ahead and start addressing the problem uh, before it gets out of hand to where they turn into a $10 million job. So, um, 
you know, we, we always uh, a lot of people quote, oh, well, it's $20,000 to plug a well, you know, like that number stays the same forever. Yeah. It, it simply does not stay the same forever. And if you need proof, I got a lot of it. <laughs> so we're looking, we're looking at, a, at, at a private sector and public, you know, the, the federal and private sector kind of working together with this railroad commission and, uh, you know. Yeah, I think there's going to have to be eventually there's going to be a solution um, from the federal government. And I think our United States senators are probably going to propose a solution that addresses the issue and uh, just puts the onus on the states to come up um, with with a portion of the fees, just the same way that we pave highways, right? Okay. You know, I mean, this, the state pays for some of it. The federal government picks up most of it, right? Right. So um, who knows what that piece of legislation is going to look like. But ideally, it would address the problem in short order because we've got a lot of people out of work right now. Yeah. So the the great thing to do right now, if you want an infrastructure jobs program bill, you know, Donald Trump, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> he's a huge listener. He's a huge listener. We're going to make a – hey, look, before it's over with, he's going to listen to this. We're going to figure it out. Uh, just in case you're listening, Mr. Trump, yes. It, it, this would be the best infrastructure jobs bill that you could come up with, and uh, there's plenty of people here in the industry that can show you how to 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 do this successfully, and to where um, w- there's no need to raise bonding requirements whatsoever. Um, bonding is for future wells uh, that you're going to drill in the future, um, and so you know the, these problems that we're looking at are from a hundred years ago, and they're happening today. They're happening today. They're from a hundred years ago. These aren't shell wells that were drilled in the past twenty years. These are wells that are a hundred years old. So what? So what can the industry do about this? I mean, we're, we're talking you doing the five hundred one c three, talking right. to the railroad commission, talking to well, the, we the, the industry can come in here and they can say, hey, you know, we we want to take a leadership role in this, and we want to help solve this issue. And, uh, you know, we, we see what y'all are all about and we understand that there, there's a pathway to the solution, which is getting these wells plugged and we're going to help you, uh, achieve that goal. And in the process, you know, we're going to be able to hire industry people. And so this is one of the one opportunities where, um, a cement company can write a check to a nonprofit organization and, uh, get a tax write off. And then they can turn around and get a phone call and say, hey, we need to go plug a well. Let's put some people to work. Yeah, and uh, let's put some people to work, right? So that's what we're trying to induce here. What's been the biggest challenge for you, though, about getting everyone sitting around the same table and kind of, I guess, attacking this? Because everyone's uh, got their own yeah, motivations. Right. I would say the biggest problem um, was probably uh, the um, lack of uh, – of <laughs> Movement in Congress probably for the first from 2016 to 2018 there was a big stalemate just wasn't much done and uh, so I, I had thought about starting a nonprofit but um, I was kind of busy myself and uh, you know it just wasn't it just the timing just didn't seem right I guess you could say and uh, but and, and like I said since really January is when things started going downhill for us with Saudi and Russia. And the whole Saudi-Russia oil war has, has just put a beating on our industry. And then we got beat with COVID after it. Oh, yeah. It's like, man, are you trying to do here? Are you trying to kill us all? Yeah. Literally. Yeah, double you know, I mean, double whammy like you wouldn't believe. And so after not only that you know, situation, it's like you're in a, a double black swan event. And, you know, I mean, it is bad. And this is probably the worst it's ever been in, in my lifetime, that's for sure. 
And so I I feel like this might be a good opportunity for something like this, just because with such reduced activities, you know, people being out of work, um, you know, ESG kind of making every day becoming limelight more and more. I think this, I mean, this sounds like it's a, it's a perfect storm for something like this to gain some traction. It really is. This is the biggest perfect storm. And I'll be honest with you. I had one of my really good friends that's way high up at Exxon. He's about to retire. He told me, he said, you know what, the the iron has never been hotter. Strike now and do it now. And, uh, Which is what you're doing. Yeah, and that was really what pushed me over the edge. I said, okay, I've got this, this man at Exxon. He's been there for uh, 35 years telling me to do it right now. Okay, I've, I've got to go out and do it. And so uh, we, we plan on getting a well plugged here within the next year, or at least one well. Uh, hopefully we can we can get the funds to do that. And, uh, you know, we, we would love to be uh, talking to Exxon nine months from now, showing them videos of, hey, this is what we accomplished. We went out and found a really bad situation that was going to make um, the taxpayers uh, cough up, you know, millions of dollars. It's not, it's, I mean, I think another another thing is not just the, 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 the damage that can do, but also, I mean, we don't need any more, you know, black eyes. We, no. don't, need, we don't need more scratch and bruises in this industry. You know, there, there's no reason. With, you know, we can... We don't have to sit here and get beat up like some punching bag, no, right? No, no. And I think, I, I, and personally, I think if you if you don't address the problem, you don't start acting proactive on on these certain things. I think that's going to be, you know, it's going to open up, you know, uh, areas of vulnerability oh, for yeah. you know whether it's mainstream media or whether it's you know someone with a, a camera and a, and a cell phone. You know, they're already doing just, it. Yeah, so I'm they're just saying already that doing it. That's it's not ju- it's not just the infrastructure that you right. got to look out for. It's also the reputation of the industry, which already is we do a shit job of promoting ourselves. Yeah, we, we do. do. Yeah, we do a really bad job of promoting how much we do to uh, conserve the environment and clean the environment. And so no one points out how many wells are plugged. No one points out how much the industry spends. We're going to do it. So if you if you want um, someone that's going to be in your corner, you know, look no further. We are here. Yeah. You know, we're, we're here to do the right thing for the right reasons. And like I said, you know, we're, we're going to run toward this situation. We're not going to run away from it. And, you know, the battle's on. The, the, the people on the other side of this argument, they've taken their position, and they're going to drive that narrative every day. And so it doesn't matter if their information is BS or not, you know. It's, and, whatever, it's whatever gets published. Yeah, it's whatever gets published. You know, the Houston Chronicle will gladly publish anything that an organization like Carbon Tracker sends them. You know, the question is, will they publish real real data that we collect, you know? Yeah. Probably not, you know. It's not in their best interest. There's a think. huge there's a huge issue right now with with, with information and, it and, is. and, and there's and, a lot of misinformation and disinformation. Misinformation, disinformation, right. unchecked sources, right. and it's kind of what's what's filtered what they want you to see. That's right. So. It's exactly what happens. They, they will only show you what they want to show you when it comes to oil and gas. Oh, absolutely. And no one else is is really going to stand up for us right now um, unless we stand up for ourselves, right? You know, we can't count on a bunch of people in Washington, D.C. to do the right thing for us. They're not. Right. And even organizations, you know, I hate to say this, but there there's even organizations that people are members of in the oil and gas um, some of the biggest ones, um, they don't want anything to do with this problem. They 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 won't talk to me. Luckily, there are some good ones 
that, that is that will. just because it's just too, it's too big of a problem, or is it? Oh, uh, it's just not on their plate. They're looking for alternative energy uh, subsidies. Believe yeah. it or not, they're out there lobbying for BP. You know, yeah. like, how how do we get some money out of the government for our next alternative energy problem right. project? You know, they're the last thing they want to do is spend money plugging wells. It's the same especially, thing with the oil, company. especially if you're not getting anything yeah. back from. Yeah, it. well, it's the oil companies, the big oil companies. They don't get money back from plugging wells. So what's yeah, well, yeah, what's in it for them? You know, that's the last thing an oil company ever wants to do. Is spend money plugging a well all right you know it's it's the end of the line man it's not glamorous work by any means you know yeah it's uh being a pna expert isn't like all it's chalked up to me that's for certain you know but so what's your next steps in this process yeah so our, our really our, our next big deal is to get out here and show the public hey we exist and and make a big splash hopefully here in the houston community and have a successful fundraiser um and uh, we're thinking about doing a cook-off, perhaps. Maybe you could show up and, and be a judge. Some some guys from, Shit, from around up, the rotary. Come up, come up and eat and judge yeah, it. I'm yeah, down yeah. with that, we, dude. Maybe we can get the guys from Digital Wildcatters to uh, to come along. You know, we're all working together on this. That's something I actually want to point out guys here. Over there. Yeah, you know, we, we've got a lot of, of uh, people out here in this industry, in the media, from different podcasts. Um, I mentioned them, but there's so many. And so uh, we would like to invite all these people that, that are already helping us get this message out and, uh, and have a really good time together um, with people uh, from different service companies that see what the problem is, you know. And I, I've talked to so many P&A companies to say, man, we're on board, you know, whatever you need to do, and different cementers and uh, all kinds of good uh, professional engineers that recognize that there is an issue here and that we can solve it. We don't have to sit here and take a beating. We can, well, where, where, we can where, where, where are we getting the funds from? Right. So hopefully um, we'll be able to get some sponsors from some okay. of these service companies, right? Uh, we'll be able to get some. So, good. so the part of it, so I guess uh, coming up right now, I guess kind yeah. of what you're, what you're, you're raising awareness. Yeah, we're raising awareness right now so we can get the message out there and, and find some big supporters and uh, we'll we'll do some grassroots fundraising okay. and, and have some few a few fundraising events here and there, um, and hopefully that'll that'll get us over the five hundred one c three hump um, to where people can start making big donations and, and getting big tax deductions to do this work and be a part of the solution. And uh, so yeah, we're looking for big sponsors. Anybody that's willing to come up to the plate and talk. I've talked to a few companies. Um, I think they just well, a few of them are just waiting to see uh, our, our paperwork get filed on uh, you know the corporation. Uh, as far as the bylaws are concerned and what we're spending our money on. So we're going to make all that information public, and uh, we're going to have our website open for everyone here. They'll be able to come and see exactly what we're about. They'll be able to come and donate if they want, um, sign up to be a part of our next fundraiser event, uh, whatever it is that they can do to contribute in whatever form they can. Um, but our, our goal is to definitely get the message out. Do a fundraiser event here in Houston. Invite invite people from the community and invite our That's media. Yeah. You know, invite invite media uh, like around the Rotary and, and digital wildcatters and, and whatnot. And then uh, turn around and be able to invite uh, big national media. So maybe we'll we'll get the Chronicle to show up. Who knows? Right. Or, or maybe at least the Texas Tribune or Dallas Morning News. Right. Somebody from um, from Texas media, and and maybe if we're lucky, we'll get picked up. Uh, for a big uh, coverage story, but uh, we're planning on doing that, of course, after the election. Uh, maybe we'll do it when uh, things get a little bit colder outside, perhaps maybe uh, December. Uh, we're looking at different venues right now. So, uh, you know, come back and check up with us on our website and uh, check check up on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and you'll be seeing announcements made on, on that first event. And we would love to see everybody out there. 
All right. So, um, is there anything? Uh, is there any other thing that you'd like to kind of uh, uh, discuss uh, regarding uh, the, the 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 issue or, or the the nonprofit you're trying to to head up? Um, is there anything that you'd like to discuss uh, right now? You know, I think we just about covered everything that um, that that I can release right now. Um, we've got so much stuff that's that's coming up that we're working on that we're planning. Um, and so until we get, get some more stuff set in stone, um, I can't really say, but we, we are going to be, um, planning as, as many opportunities for people to learn about this and to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be releasing, you know, information on our website to educate people and say, Hey, you know, here's the real situation here. As that information comes in. We will uh, publish figures. Well, see, that's that's the right. thing, man. I mean, just I mean, just before we even started uh, recording this, I mean, there's the there's. I mean, I've been in discussions with you before, and there's just so much yes. at stake. And I think education um, or educating the the public, whether it's in the industry or outside the industry, I think that's huge. I think right. that's going to be very valuable. Yeah, I think they'll be shocked to find out that the industry plugs most of the wells and. Maybe they'll be shocked to find out how much of those wells cost, you know, like, oh, well, and gas industry doesn't plug, you know, wells. They don't spend their own money doing it. Actually, you know, we've had some really bad ones. I mean, some really bad ones. Yeah. I, I've, I've been on wells before. It's nine, ten million dollars. I mean, if you, if you have a well that's been over the mud line uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, after a hurricane, good grief, you know. I mean, you're going to have to have all kind of work done on it. People, sometimes they truly don't understand what it takes to to do this type of work and how expensive it gets. And so um, it's it's something that companies uh, factor in and something that they have to deal with. And uh, if you're if you're good at handling liability, you you will be in oil and gas for a long time. If you're not good at handling liability, you're not going to be yeah. here very long at yeah. all. This is the name of the game. Almost uh, is that, can you handle your liability properly? If you can, you will be selling oil and gas for a long time. You won't have a problem getting your P four pulled by the state of Texas. Um, but there are rules and regulations that you must follow, and that were passed. And so uh, understanding all those rules and regulations is paramount. And Are those old school laws going to, I mean, is there, is there talk about those changing at all? I mean, those old school, you know, outdated 1989. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they're really going to ever mess with the with the orphan well bill or not um, that they passed in, back in the 80s. To them, it's, you know, it's why, why the effort? Right? Yeah, I think to them it's, it's, major, uh, it's a major function of money. Um, you know, people set up programs uh, to to use funds, and when when they're set up, and they 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 hate messing with them um, and jacking around with them. And I mean, you could do something really easy and just pass a gas tax, but you know, who wants to say the dreaded word tax, right? So right. Really, the the appropriate way to handle this is is to use our royalties that we already produce. This isn't a problem that we're going to have to throw big money at and we're not even say throw money at is really a terrible thing to say but once we identify the the true nature of this problem and examine the scope we'll have real numbers and we'll know what it really costs to go do all this and there's not going to be any more that's going to be from your y'all's website yeah yeah for here in texas yes we're we're going to do that here in texas and we're hoping that we can replicate this uh 
chapter and and do an organization in Louisiana and then do one in New, New Mexico, Mexico. Wyoming, yeah. yeah. Oklahoma. And with the focus that you know we're putting the industry here first and that we're going to get the data right and we're going to plug wells while we're at it. You know, we're, we're going to put the industry and the environment. That's right. We're going to put the industry and the environment first. I couldn't say it better myself, JP. You're well, exactly right. Well, you just repeated it, so you did say it. <laughs> you did say it, great. You got that radio voice. All right. Um, well, I mean, I think uh, I think you kind of uh, wrapped it up. And again, everyone, this is a uh, this is uh, you can find uh, Thomas B. Slocum Jr. on uh, LinkedIn. Um, I think we're going to link this as well, but everyone else knows him as uh, TJ. And uh, again, he's putting together a 501c3 called the Texas Well Protected Energy Foundation. And um, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing uh, seeing this uh, this grow. I mean, the, the, so the website's going to be it's it's live. Yeah, it's going live here. Uh, if you want to um, get more information, there's a very small little saver page up right now. I should get updated here pretty soon. But you'll be able to log in and uh, and enter your information and keep up to date on what we're doing here. And we'll have a social media launch as well. Um, but yes, we'll 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 have everything up live pretty soon. And it'll be growing out. And yeah, it is, you know, we're, we want everybody to be a part of this. This is hopefully going to turn out to be a very positive thing for our industry, right? And uh, it's going to give uh, everyone in an industry uh, a much better um, position to be in, involved with something along these lines where they can show the public, hey, we're proactively out here doing something. We're making a difference. Here's here's our Green New Deal. We're doing it right now. We're not waiting for any bill to get passed. We're going to go out here and jump on this. We're not create, we're not creating a bigger carbon footprint to say we're we're going green. Yeah, this is this is the best way we can we can go green as an industry and, and show everyone that look, we're we're going to handle this issue and be proactive about it. And uh, if if we can do this all over the nation, that's even better. So uh, we've got to take care of the, our, our own backyard first. We do. We have to take care of our own backyard. We have to take care of our of our brothers and sisters out there that are unemployed. You know, there's a lot of people hurting right now. Yeah. And so uh, all the more we can do to help those people out, you know, that's where I'm at. And I, I want everybody else to be on the same page with us about that. I think that if we can put people in the environment first right now, it's going to reap rewards for everybody. Again, I mean, TJ, I wanted to thank you for coming on. This is, this is, uh, I mean, this is something that's, it's, you're seeing more and more every day. This is an issue that's going to be a hot topic, I think, you know, moving forward. And I think that, uh, you know, you coming on, sharing your side and kind of, uh, setting this up, I think that's, I think that's, uh, pretty amazing to watch and, uh, looking forward to seeing, I guess, the more data you get and more, I guess, uh, yeah. More, more grassroots. Yeah, we'll have the real scope of the problem. We'll, we'll also know the real, uh, the the real data on what the industry does. So people can't say oil and gas industry doesn't do anything. Yeah. No, you know we do, and here and here it is. Yeah, and 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 this is bold, bold, be bold and be out front, and let's get this job done. Let's take care of the problem, put I, people to work, and take care of the environment. Yes, sir. I pr- appreciate you for having me. Oh man, absolutely. Again, everyone, this is uh, Thomas B. Slocum Jr. or TJ, as we call him. Um, again, you can, uh, and also I'm looking forward to this film that you're talking about. I, 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 I want to see that. That's yeah, going to be cool. We'll, we're going to come back and talk about that. We've got so much to talk about, JP. Maybe once you launch that, you get back on here. I think we, yeah, we might, we may have to do some, a, a few more of these uh, episodes and really let people know uh, what's really going down here. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to doing that with y'all. So. Well, good deal, man. Well, I appreciate it. Again, if anyone has any questions for uh, for uh, TJ or myself, you can reach us at Round the Rotary 
at cap-petro.com, and I can pass the, his information on to you, or just uh, look him up on LinkedIn or uh, or, or Google uh, Texas Well Protected Energy Foundation, and just kind of uh, yep. look into that. Shoot me a message on LinkedIn. I'm always open. Um, I'm, I've got quite a few connections on there, and we are all one big community, and, and we love sharing knowledge and information. I and love, honestly, I love learning from other people. And honestly, not even if it's about if it's if even if it's about PNA or some issues like that, like. Uh, the, touch base with you yeah if you got a real p and a problem hey give me a holler yeah. man. you know and uh I'm, I'm not one to to bill somebody for a 30 second phone call so <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i don't operate that way i'm not an attorney right i think we made that clear earlier i'm, I'm glad you didn't so. i'm glad you didn't go I'm, I'm glad you weren't an attorney yeah if you got a problem give me a holler i'll, I'll be happy to help you out Check out the hook when my DJ revolves it. All right, man. I, TJ, I appreciate you coming in. And uh, again, thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, this kind of uh, get off the ground. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Bye.